Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want a plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to episode number nine. Today is part one of a four-part special series on the Social Security Conundrum with Larry Heller, who joins me as always. Larry, how are you? I'm doing terrific, Matt. How are you? I am doing terrific myself. I'm very excited about this special series we're going to be working on over the next four podcasts, because Social Security really is a conundrum that's important to unpack and understand. So if you don't mind, would you start with the basics? Sure. So we can get very basic and determine when are you actually eligible for Social Security. So the first thing is you need to work for 10 years. Actually, you need to get 40 credits and you you receive four credits for every year that you work. So so in order to be eligible, you have to work about 10, 10 years. So that's the first basic. The next is you know, how do you determine how much you receive? So when you get to the point where you're looking to collect on Social Security, it's based upon the highest 35 years of earnings. Some people think it's based upon the last 35 years. It's not correct. It's based upon the 35 highest years of earnings. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and, and then the earnings, there's an earnings limit. So each year, the amount that you see deducted from your paycheck is capped. And in 2017, the amount that it's capped is $127,200. And it goes up each year. And I have a feeling, I'll talk a little bit about solvency in a few minutes. I have a feeling we may see that go up higher or maybe even the percentage that is withheld which 6.2% may actually change in the future. Okay. So that's how much is taken from your paycheck. So those are some of the, the basics, you know, while you're still working. And then when you get closer to receiving the your benefits, you are eligible at normal retirement age or full retirement age for your primary insurance amount. And this amount the calculation is a little complicated, and we'll go through this on one of the other three-part series. But that's the first amount that's determined, and everything is based upon what your PIA will be at full retirement age. Uh, and then another factor to look at is the the cost of living adjustment. So actually, next week, they're going to release the cost of living adjustment for 2018. And from what I'm hearing, it's going to be somewhere in the 1.7 to 1.9%. The last few years, Social Security has not increased very much. So this year, a little be, be a little bit higher, but still not a, not a significant number. And another part, and not really the, the basics here, but I, I do get asked this question, you know, is the Social Security system going broke? Or I hear the Social Security system is going broke. And we're far from the Social Security system going broke. But for the first time right now, unless something changes based upon our uh, aging population, in 2020, expenses, that's the payouts that are made 
will start to exceed the revenue that's collected. That's why I said I think something's going to change with the earnings limits, but that's going to start in 2020. And, and even the expenses exceeding the revenue, the extra reserve that is now in the Social Security system wouldn't be depleted until 2034. And then the projections even say even after 2034, if nothing changes with the current system, expenses would, uh, the revenue would be about 80%, would cover about 80% of expenses going forward. So we're far from going broke on the Social Security side, but adjustments are going to have to be made. It's going to be a political touch issue going forward. I don't know if it's going to happen in this current presidency, but somewhere down the road, there's something's going to have to change to in the Social Security for future benefits. And then, you know, one of the other, you know, the basics and one of the ways to boost your benefits, as I mentioned before, the earnings limit of 127,920. Sometimes we see self-employed people and they're not maximizing out their their W-2 part of their self-employment and therefore they're not maximizing their Social Security. They're saving on their FICA tax, mm-hmm. but it will come back to them on the other end. And I haven't seen anyone do any calculations, but it'd be interesting to see how much you're saving up front will hurt you when you get to Social Security age, especially with people living well into their 90s. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing to be t- you know, taking care of. And another thing to look at boosting your benefits is obviously working more years. The more that you work, and usually you're working, you're making more money later in your career, that boosts up the 35-year calculation, which will benefit you on the, the amount of benefits. And another thing that actually could increase your benefits is working during retirement. Today, a lot of people are working well past Social Security ages. I saw a little blurb on some actors and actresses who are working well past 70, and their Social Security benefits are increasing because they're making more money now, which is increasing their their 35-year calculation every year. Interesting. So there's a there's a few ways to look at boosting your social security over your over your lifetime which is important now so that's the high level basics of it i think the question that i've heard the most from people are the next two things that i know you're going to go over the first one is when to collect and then the second one is spousal benefits would you mind starting with when to collect absolutely and that's it's complicated and there there was a ta- there was a change in the laws in 2015 which eliminate some of the advantages and some of the strategies, but there's still a lot of different decisions to be made on when you should collect. And every person and every married couple have different factors that need to be determined to see when it's best for them. And some of these factors are your your health status. How long do you think you're going to live? If you're sick and you're maybe not going to live as long as somebody else, you may want to start collecting earlier. So the life expectancy is a, is a fact. Sometimes we talk to clients and we, you know, we said we're projecting to 95. So we're looking at how much your social security is going to be over your lifetime. And if they say, well, I only think I'm really only going to live to 80, it's a different 
conversation where somebody says, well, I think I'm going to live to age 100. So determining the life expectancy and the health that your health status are key factors to consider. Another one is the earnings test. If you decide to start collecting before normal retirement age, and normal retirement age or full retirement age actually is changing a little bit. So it's going from age 66 all the way to age 67. If you're born in 1960, anyone from 1960 um, on will be at age 67. So if you decide to stop working before normal retirement age, uh, I'm sorry, if you decide to collect before normal retirement age and you're still working, you may have to give back some money. Based upon your age, your give back would be $1 of every $2 you earn above 16920 until you reach full retirement age. And in that one year that you're full retirement age, then your give back is one out of every $3. So sometimes we do these calculations and we say someone wanted to collect Social Security and they're still working and they didn't realize that they wouldn't collect anything because they would actually give back everything that they would receive. So that's a, that's another factor to consider. The other one is uh, is also your you know your marital status and some of the different ways of collecting under your own or collecting under your spouse's marital status. Well, let's let's uh, unpack so the, that a little bit more. I'm sorry to interrupt there, but but I really do mm-hmm. want to the, the spousal benefit thing is a really really hot topic and I've heard many 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 professionals talk about people missing the boat on this, Larry. So, I, and I know we're going to do a deeper dive in this later, but can you uh, at least wet people's whistles on understanding a little bit more about spousal benefits? Sure. So, you you have a few different options. You can collect on the, your own benefit or you can collect under your spousal benefit. So if you collect under your own benefits, obviously that's based upon what you earned in your, you know, in your lifetime. The last 35 years is going to be a amount for your PIA. But they also look at a spousal benefit, which is calculated based upon yours plus. 50% of your spouses and you, you subtract yours so that you could actually have a higher amount by collecting on your spouse's social security rather than yours. So you want to look at both of those. And then there's, you know, there's a few different benefits and a few different strategies that I'll, you know, that I'll talk about to see what, what it, what it is. But, you know, one of the things even before I talk about, you know, spousal benefits is, just looking at the, the break-even analysis on an individual before you even look at the, you know, before you look even look at the spousal. So, in other words, if you take it at age 66, a normal retirement age, versus delaying to age 70, how long would it take to break even? And some of the break-even analysis could be well, we've seen 11 to 13 years. So by delaying it a few years, someone says, well, I won't break even until I'm 77 or 80. But there are reasons. One of them, if you think you're going to live much longer, you'd want to wait to age 70 because each year that you wait to age 70, the Social Security benefits going up by 8% which is a, a huge number, especially in the low interest rate environment that we're in. So there's a big reason to wait to age, wait seven days. But I do find that there is a psychological hard thing for 
people to get over. I was actually on the golf course and listening to somebody who has just turned no more retirement age and he couldn't wait to get his social security. And I know I said, explained to him, I said, you know what? It may make sense for you to wait to age 70. And before I even started to give him some reasons, he said, well, this is free money. I put in all the money that I've earned over my lifetime, every paycheck, and I want to get that money back as soon as I can. So, which is a hard psychological barrier originally to get over waiting to age 70 and to look at your social security. I, we try to get clients, look at your social security as another asset. And what is the present value of your future income stream of social security? And think of that as an asset. And are you better off spending down a different asset first between the prior to age 70 and then wait to collecting to age 70. So we, we go through all the, the calculators and show them the break-even analysis and then try to get them to think the Social Security is just another asset. So before we even talk about spousal benefits, we've got to get clients looking at you know the different um, entry points. Of course, many people, the only way they can retire is by taking the Social Security at normal retirement age or earlier, and then it doesn't become, you know, it becomes a much harder option to delay. So the, the spousal benefits become important for a, a few different reasons. One, if you one spouse dies, the other spouse will forfeit the lower of the two social securities. So if the day after one spouse, and I'm just going to pick the husband because women live longer. So if the husband were to die one day after collecting Social Security, the surviving widow would now have a choice to either collect on hers or on his, whichever would be greater. So you want to kind of look at the lifetime because if the woman is going to live into their 90s, you don't want to just look at each individual spouse's calculation. You want to look at both of them over possibly 30 years to see what would provide more to the family over a 30-year time frame. So sometimes it's beneficial to take one spouse's earlier and have at least one spouse delay, usually the higher earning spouse, delay into age 70 to bump up one of the social securities, so if one spouse were to have an early death, the surviving spouse would have a much larger benefit for a much longer period of time. And I know that can be sound a little bit complicated. So using different calculators, we have a you know our calculator that can do a lot of different scenarios at a lot of different ages to see what would be best over the longer periods of time. And that's something that you do when you sit down with people, right? Is you can plug all of that stuff in and give them the opportunity to see these numbers for themselves. Absolutely. And, you know, I am surprised is the Social Security system doesn't do a great job educating and that most people don't understand how the Social Security, you know, how the Social Security works and have an idea that they they want to look at it over the longer period of time and taking a benefit earlier, even though they're starting now, 
could be detrimental later on. Gotcha. And another thing in 2015, some of the strategies, such as a restricted strategy, was taken away unless you were 62 in 2015. There are some other strategies here that you want to look at. You can claim your own benefit when you're eligible and then switch to the spousal benefits when the spouse is eligible. So it's not automatic and the new law states you must do so as el- as soon as you are eligible. And the old law, you can actually take one spouse at let's say age 62 and then wait until 70 and switch to the other spouse. But now if the other spouse becomes eligible, you have to switch at that particular, at that particular time. So there are some still strategies to look at and when you want to take it and how you may, may switch. And you no longer can do for both spouses. Only one spouse would be allowed to do this switch. So maximizing that, looking at Taking one and then switching to the other are still, you know, still critical calculations that need to be done. If you were 62 as of 2015, you can use some of these other restricted strategies. And a lot of people don't know. We just had clients in and one had turned 66. They weren't collecting Social Security and they were both over. Obviously, they were 62 as of December 2015, and we were able to, to start the one spouse earning Social Security now, and then the other spouse next year on taking a spousal benefit and then switching to their own at 70. So in essence, they would have forfeited three to four years of Social Security and basically free money without knowing the strategy. And Social Security only lets you go back six months. So when they came to us, they she was almost 67. So we were able to go back six months, but there was six months of forfeited Social Security. Wow. So it is important to start planning these strategies before you're eligible to take them so you can see what is the best way of going. Now, divorce and becoming a widow is another aspect of this. Do you want to cover that stuff today or do we want to use that or move that to one of the other three parts of this special series? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll talk about, you know, I'll talk about that more in detail later on. But again, just, you know, relaying some real life stories, you know, we had a single woman come in, older single woman, and we were, you know, starting to do some planning for her. And I asked her if she was, you know, she was ever married before. And she was kind of didn't really want to share this. And I explained to her why we needed to share this, because based upon Social Security, that you are married more than 10 years, you're going to be eligible for your his Social Security and did not realize that she was divorced a while back. And so it Hers still maybe more than his would be now, but it also depends upon, you know, the ages. But you need to ask those questions. And we can talk a little bit more about the, the, the married features in a future podcast. On the divorce side, I'm sorry, on the widow side, it's also a, another key factor is age age 60 in that if you are a widow and plan on getting survivor benefits, which you can get at age 60, again, subject to the earning, you know, subject to the earnings tax, but you may want to tell a client who's 50, if they were 59, we had one right now, 
She is 58. Unfortunately, her husband passed when he was 45, and she was looking to collect survivor benefits. It turns out she's making too much money right now for the earnings test. But we also pointed out that that if you do get remarried before age 50, before age 60, which she was considering, she would forfeit that. So in her instance, waiting to age 60 will allow her to take survivor benefits. Maybe not at age 60, but maybe at age 62 or on. So there's again a lot of key factors that should be coordinated and discussed. Well, I'm glad we're breaking this down into a special series because it sounds like as you're scratching the surface that we could get deeper and deeper and deeper on this. So, what sort of closing thoughts do you have, and what would you like to say to wrap up part one? Sure. You know, and again, we'll we'll go through this on another series, but the, the tax I call it the tax planning story, and we can spend a, a good chunk of time on this. But between age 65 and age 70, there's a lot of tax planning that needs to be done. And coordinating the Social Security. The reason why, between I'm just saying, between age probably between age 66 and age 70, is because you don't have to take your required minimum distribution on your IRA to age 70. So if you stop working at age 66 and you delay your Social Security to age 70, it gives a lot of other tax planning strategies in those four years to minimize your taxes. And again, we'll talk more. I'll give some more numbers in a future series on that. But planning for taxes and minimizing your taxes over those four years, and coordinating higher Social Security, can mean thousands, tens of thousands of dollars more in your pocket over your lifetime. Yeah. Wow. Well, that can make a huge difference, and in making sure that you're working with somebody who really, truly understands all of this makes all of the difference in the world. Well, Larry, I'm excited about the next three parts of this special series on the Social Security conundrum. Thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Matt. Have a great day. You too, and we'll see you soon on the other side of the mic for the next part of this special series.